0: on today's episode of Gathering the Kings.
1: There's just this pivot that's more so I'm comfortable in where I'm at. So now I want to turn my attention to others, right? And what can I do to help them have a journey that's similar or even better? So I think, yeah, that also is, is
0: huge too. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine-figure business owners who have real battle scars, and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf. I'm your host, Gathering the Kings podcast. Today, I've got Alison Brecklin here on the King stage. Allison, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thanks for having me. It's lovely to be here.
0: You know, I was just off stage or offline off here telling you your last name was on my little girl baby name list. My wife, you know, she had some other names that she liked, but Brecklin, I still like, I still love that name. So here you are with the last name. There I don't you know. Go. Maybe it's meant to be your, they're supposed to be here. <laughs> yeah.
1: A, a Bre- you've got a Brecklin in one way or another. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: See, now you're in my swirl. We, we can check that off the box. Cause I, I think after four, my wife, she's yeah
1: done and done, you know,
0: she said, yeah, she said almost that exact same phrase. done and done. and <laughs> <laughs> Allison, I want to know what kind of business do you have?
1: Sure. So, I'm currently the VP of Client Operations for Mix Halo. Mix Halo is an augmented audio platform uh, powered by proprietary technology that provides an elevated experience at live events. So, for wow. example, at music events, it unlocks the same soundboard mix that musicians get on stage. Oftentimes wow. including, yeah, multiple mixes. So guitars, vocals, drums, customizable in for every fan from yeah. a you know, from a live sports perspective, teams and venues use mix halo to deliver. Uh, channels of audio content, which could include like home and away broadcasts, Spanish language broadcasts, celebrity commentary, and any other custom content essentially they want to do. And it's all perfectly synchronized with the live action. Wow. Wow. So yeah, we've, we're doing You've a number of things. things. <laughs> yeah. I would love to take credit for it, but I work with some really, really intelligent people yeah. who've developed all this. So it, yeah, it's kind of, Kind of really amazing, and I'm fortunate to be a part of it.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. That and and we kind of talked about this before we hit the recording button, but just to kind of catch the listeners up to speed. You know, you were like, you know, so I I part of a leadership team. There's it's not just me. I'm not the you know solo entrepreneur. Yeah. <laughs> But but there's a dynamic to partnership that we're going to talk about right. here, and even you being maybe more on the operations, maybe integrator facing perspective. I think that what did I say? I say that you're probably the answer to a lot of the <laughs> sure. entrepreneurs out there. So I think that we'll try to provide even more value to these all over the place entrepreneurs yeah. that need incredibly talented people like you in in partnership with them. So let's let's go down that road. But I want to know before we do that. Yeah what makes you tick? Why are you doing this? What's the bigger picture? Is sure. it tied to the industry? Is it tied to audio? Is it tied to something bigger for you? Like we'll get you up in the morning.
1: Yeah. Good question. I do think live events has, you know, tugged at my heart and brain for a long time. It's something I really enjoy. And so it keeps drawing me back there. Yeah. You know, I think it's also a mix of needing to lead by example and continue sort of that path, as well as mixed in a, a bit of competitiveness. Yeah. You know, I want to be able to set a positive example for not just leadership, but as female leadership as well, while also, you know, proving anyone who ever counted me out wrong. Mm, um, and, yep. you know, obviously the feeling of accomplishment is a huge motivator. I'm not sure, yeah. Yeah. you know, when you kill a meeting or you kill a project and you're like, wow, I. I did that. I did a really great job and it turned out as expected or better. I'm not sure there's, you know, much better natural feeling in the world. So yeah, it's, yeah, those are, it's probably a combination or mix of those things.
0: Yeah. It's incredible. It's funny how you, you, you've slow played the, you know, I'm just part of the team play here, but (laughs) everything that you just said is, is what winners think about. Right. And, and as business owners, you know, that's, this is a game, right? This is a game. And we're, and it's, sometimes it's project by project, like you said, quarter by quarter. Yeah. Sometimes it's, it's the individual deal, or sometimes it's a new product, right? But man, when you crush something, when you win, right? That feeling actually, you know, it's funny because I have, you know, I have on one of our products, we have a bookmark and it says something about, I'm looking for it here. It says there are wins everywhere. It's up to you to seek them repeatedly. This is not motivation. You must win constantly. Yeah. And I go on to talk about it. Basically it's up to you. I mean, your family, your time, your freedom, like it's all at stake. You got to freaking win every single day. So do you feel like in your role that like you've, you're given opportunities to solve problems and win, or is it like this, like you got to create your own problems and solve them? Like what's it like <laughs> on the inside? Yeah.
1: I The opportunities seem to just arise throughout my career. Right. Yeah. Um, that's probably why i'm still doing what i'm doing is because i've been able to solve problems right that's a lot of what my day entails i often say every day is different for me and i'm working on you know any number of different projects whether it's with a major sports team or a large conference or music artists Any number of things can arise that I need to address or plan for or have a plan, you know, A, B, or C. So those, those definitely arise naturally, I would say, just sort of given where I, where I am. And I think being in, in operations, obviously, right. There's just so many opportunities. So yeah, yeah, bring them on.
0: Well, let's, let's dive into some of those problems, but before, let's just talk about your journey. Let's, I mean, how did you get involved with maybe this specific project was entrepreneurialism or even, you know, the idea of bigger thinking and business part of your journey beforehand. Give us the, give us the story.
1: Sure. I mean, if you want to go all the way back, I think I probably, you know, dabbled in entrepreneurism, if you will, entrepreneurship, I should say, way back in the day, you know, back in in my teens, when I my mom taught me how to flip furniture. Uh And I, you know, tried to start a pop culture newsletter, which is probably a stretch. I think my (laughs) English teacher referred to it as a gossip rag and like Yeah. We actually hey, print, Yeah. We you titled it. that however
0: you want to, though we're yeah, exactly. gonna roll with it. <laughs> we
1: we printed it. So by the time wow. you actually printed it, you know, like the gossip wasn't actually, you know, hot. Maybe not hot anymore. Yeah. That's all right. And I think we charged a whopping 50 cents for it. So by the time, you know, my poor parents paid for the paper and ink, it was it was a losing venture. Perhaps also my first lesson in cash flow, you know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, yep,
1: yeah, big big pivot from there um, yeah, to, to the operator, you know. So then, fast forward, I, you know, obviously sort of went the traditional route of of school and, you know, figuring out what I was, I guess, good at, right? Sure. Um, and yeah. worked for a number of companies including like Hertz and Pandora and Ticketfly and Eventbrite. And so working for Hertz, I would say, really gave me sort of that basic business education, if you will. Sure. You can, you know, you can, you know, your basics, right? And, yeah. and and that was great, but it wasn't necessarily my passion, wasn't cars, if you will. And yeah. so at some point I was like, well, you know, I need to pivot and found Ticketfly, which was an amazing experience. And I just really found sort of the perfect spot of being an operator and being able to, you know, get stuff done. And mm-hmm. also being in an industry that is is exciting and interesting and, and always evolving. So, yeah. yeah, then the Mix Halo opportunity came about and it was even more of an opportunity for me to put, I guess, my spin on things or my touch on things. Yep. Helping a really great team get even better, hopefully. So
0: yeah,
1: yeah that's how I that's how that's, I got here.
0: Yeah. You know, it's interesting because obviously it's not <clears throat> not the, as we talked about, maybe the traditional business owner route. You went more of the traditional, you know, go to school get a, get a position type thing, but yeah. you still found yourself in a place where what you just said, I should know, point this out to the listener because you said it. you had this incredible opportunity. You had nothing bad to say about the place yeah, you just came I, from, yeah. but they, but you still, but you still felt a tug and the difference that you made clear to us was that there was this creative outlet for you or this, like, I get to be part of a, maybe a larger decision making platform. Yeah. Which is which is what we desire as business owners is control. It's I want to curate an environment that makes sense for me, for my family, for my team. It's yeah. impact. It's influence. Right? Yes,
1: exactly. Exactly. You nailed it. So I think that the draw to that, whether you're an entrepreneur or in a position such as myself, is it doesn't necessarily have to be at the biggest, you know, scale or grandest position I think whether you're in my position or even if you're starting out right like you can find those opportunities where you can not only put your sort of stamp on it but you can it also helps you grow right I'm doing things that I've never done before and while it can be you know painful almost and messy sometimes when you're done with it. It's that same sense of accomplishment, right? It's like, I won, I, I challenged myself and you know, you just get better. And so I think there's just that that tugs at you and keeps you moving forward.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you're giving us all the same language, you know, that, you know, we as entrepreneurs use it's because it's, there's a, there's a, there's a desire here for influence, for something greater, I have uh, this phrase that I like to use "is grateful, but not done. Like you've totally yeah. embodied that.
1: Yes, yes, exactly. You know, and thankful I think, for
0: where I'm coming, but there's, <laughs> it, we're, we're still going.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, you, I think we touched on it a little bit earlier, but I think there is also at a certain point in your career, right. It's what keeps you disciplined or, or motivated. Right. I think initially you're just trying to sort of move up and, and figure mm-hmm. out like, you know, where am I going? And then at some point, there's just this pivot. That's more so I'm comfortable in where I'm at. So now I want to turn my attention to others. Right. And what can I do to help them have a journey that's similar or even better? So I think, yeah, that also is, is
0: huge too. Yeah. That's the King mindset. It's, you know, the difference between the warrior and the King we talk about the warriors in the battle, right. Yeah, A little bit selfishly motivated, but they have to be right. Whether you're building a business or, or climbing the ladder, you got to, you have to take that approach, but at some point, it becomes it has to become bigger. Yeah, um, otherwise, it's a little bit empty. Would you agree with that? Yeah. What's
1: the point, <laughs> right? You know, yeah. so it's kind of like I don't know. So yeah,
0: let's Definitely get into some be. tacticals here. You've got a, a totally different perspective here that I want to be able to pull on yeah. some some levers here for the listeners. Let's do it. <clears throat> good and bad decision. We want to go to first. I'm going to ask you two different layers on this. I'm going to ask you about the the good and bad decision, but I'm also going to ask you from that perspective of the operator, how that interaction with the entrepreneur in that scenario maybe went or could have went or did went. So that way the listener can take that piece of it away also. Sure. Cool. So mm-hmm. what was the, what was the, a good decision that maybe you made or the company made that we're going to talk about here that you look back and you're like, Ooh, this one thing that we did, boom. Um, yeah, it, it's led to some of our greatest successes.
1: Sure. I think I mean, thankfully, there's been a number of good, good good decisions, more good than bad. I think, you know, sort of playing along with this, I guess, unpopular decisions have been my good decisions, especially when it comes to that relationship with entrepreneurs or, you know, CEOs, co-founders, what have you. And I think that decision ultimately sometimes is saying no, right? And so I would like to say that my ultimate goal is to say yes. If you come to me and ask me if we can do something, I will try my best and my hardest to make that happen. That is my ultimate goal. But there are times where no needs to be the answer. And so, you know, in looking at whether it's, you know, I think the best example of this is whether to sort of resign a client right or right. maybe even sign in sign a new client looking at you know is it the right fit what's the cost how is this right. going to affect our team is this part of the larger goal sometimes those answers don't add up to an, to a yes right, right. and and you yeah. have to take the unpopular sort of position of like right. hey I'm not sure we should, we should do this. And then obviously provide the data and backup. And, you know, in my case, you've developed the trust of folks to say like, you know, she doesn't say no, just to say no. And so I think that's probably, and I can remember several times, right, where, where this has happened. And, and ultimately, we were better off for it, I wouldn't change the decision at all. And I know, the folks that I've worked with, wouldn't either. Yeah. So I think that's probably, you know, sort of the, the best decision otherwise yeah. i will always promote sort of process and standardization where ambiguity exists there's so much ambiguity in what people do especially when you know you're the size of whether it's you know your company my company when you're so small oftentimes process doesn't exist and it doesn't need to be the perfect process but you have to start right. somewhere and so i yeah. think reducing as much ambiguity is one of the best Decisions you can make, and yeah. it's not easy, right? And it's oftentimes yeah. not popular either. It's like, well, right. what's wrong with the way we're doing it? And so, yeah, I would say probably my best decisions, other than <laughs> mentorship and teaching, sure. have been involved in sort of maybe what's not the most popular <laughs>
0: right. decisions. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Okay, so you you just backed up a dump truck. I don't okay, know if great. you realize what just happened. <laughs> I don't know if the listener realizes what just you happened. Are but- welcome. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's dissect some of this. Okay. So (laughs) first off, I heard you say that you built a history of two things. Mm -hmm. Number one, execution, because that's what builds trust, right? Mm -hmm. Like you give it, I give it to you Yeah. and I can know that you're going to go execute. Therefore I value not only just your ability to execute, but also now your opinion because you've proven yourself. Yes. So there has to be a history of that. And then on top of that, you provided a history of, mostly yeses. Right. So right. let's just be honest. Us entrepreneurs or uh, co-founders, uh, all these names that we yes. give ourselves. Right. We got a little bit of an ego. We kind of <laughs> like to be the guy. We kind of like to be the girl. We kind of like to yeah. have, be the one with all the bright ideas. Exactly. Oftentimes we are the guy mm-hmm. with the bright ideas. Okay, fine. Yes. And so there's a little bit of like strategicness in here. I heard you say by mostly trying to say yes, like I'm I'm, I'm not being negative. Correct. I'm not necessarily being just like a like a like a no fun zone, right? Because <laughs> yeah. that's immediately what, what a high performing visionary thinks of is like, well, every time I every every time I come to you, you're just yeah. a box of nose. You know, Debbie
1: Downer, you know, nobody yeah. wants to be the Debbie Downer.
0: Exactly. So I, I heard you I heard you say you came into an agreement often, and then you pressed yourself to see if we can make those things happen.
1: Exactly.
0: But You also have the ability, the confidence, the assertiveness to be able to say, hey, bud, (laughs) I hear you, but not on this one. But here's also then the data, the logic, the business case on why not. Because oftentimes we of visionaries, we're very conceptual and we kind of run with the gut feeling and we're all excited and and we come to you, high logic, data-driven maybe maybe a little bit more prone to the to the no but you've learned how to say yes and figure it out which then makes this agreement work so that way when you do say no I'm like whoa she okay I got
1: yes exactly
0: the listener right now who is let's say maybe they're that visionary they're building their company maybe it's a small company they're not seven figures yet or maybe they're 5 10 20 million I don't know but they haven't found this person or maybe they think they have this person what do they need to do to curate that relationship that we just got done describing that you've done so well with.
1: Oh, good question. I think it's you know, for me I've been fortunate to have the folks that I've worked with in that type of a relationship, I guess, you know, give me enough rope if you will and yeah, so okay. as so the term as rope. the term goes, you know, and has allowed essentially me to be able to uh, exhibit that I uh, that what they hired me for. I can do and until I prove them wrong essentially or do something that does not live up to the expectations we've been able to move forward sort of with that you know understanding and partnership and so I think you know you hire people for a reason especially you know in the in the position I have and so I think you you have to be able to, and then it's really hard, right? You have to be able to let go. So I'm in mean, for, and this is very personal for, for some folks, right. And entrepreneurs, these are like their children or, you yeah. know, their babies. And so it's really hard to trust other people, I think, with such, you know, important things. And so.
0: Yeah.
1: You have to give a little bit on both sides. And if, you know, you've made the wrong hire or you don't trust this person, then that needs to be corrected. But I think. Yeah. You know, find your operator.
0: Yeah, exactly. The Do you see successful entrepreneurs out there, especially in, you know, tech or, you know, any of the companies that we know that are, you know, 50 million or more? Like, do yeah. you see those guys without operators?
1: <laughs> no, absolutely not. Uh, it's yeah. a silly
0: thought to think of, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, exactly. Why what do you, you think said. so
0: many smaller guys then try to do it on their own?
1: I think a lot of it plays into what you said before, right? There is a bit of an ego. I think initially you kind of think you can sort of do it all and you have to have a bit of an ego and you have to believe that somewhat. But at some point, you know, and whether it's size or revenue, you get to that point where, you know, you there's not one person that can handle it all, right? right. Very few businesses sur- <laughs> survive that way. And so,
0: right.
1: yeah, I think that's really it.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a, should be a heavy truth, right? So like, Mm -hmm. I I hope that we just laid some pretty thick uh, airing down on the listener because oftentimes we, we, we play small, not because we don't want to play big. It's just that the ingredients to play big are different.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, especially when companies are really small, you also have to find people who are willing to, wear all the hats, right? And so it's not, you. yeah, when you find that person that can share sort of the vision, right? Like for me, if I share your vision, like I'm willing to do essentially what you're willing to do to make this work, right? And so I just think, yeah, that's also part of sort of your job as the entrepreneur is like, sell me on the vision. Why should I love this or you know, be so devoted to this as you are.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, part of part of that is the communication and vision, and yes. and then the other part of it is the rope. It's like, well, I, how can I expect you to be devoted and love it if if I'm holding all of it?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: A little difficult to be able to do that. Okay, so what about a bad choice that you've made or the team's made that we're like, oh, we don't want to ever do this again?
1: Yeah, I think honestly, my biggest one is really just not, and thankfully it hasn't happened, I would say more than a couple times, but making a bad hire um, and making that bad hire because the workload was so high, like that's what was driving it. And, you know, thinking, well, this person's not the perfect fit, but the team is so overloaded. I just need to get someone in here that, and I'll teach them, I can do this. And it's, it's not the, it's not the route to go it it ultimately and did cost me more time and obviously money in the long run because they weren't the the right fit right not only did right. they not reduce the workload as expected, but they weren't quite the right fit and I think the team obviously recognized that as well, which you know causes a swirl and in, in not a positive way if you will and so yeah then, hopefully never again. I think I've learned my lesson, but yeah. it's even if, you know, in the short term, you have to pick up, you know, more of the workload yourself or, sure. you know, make a deal with someone on the team, whatever it is, it's just not worth trying to fit, you know, that square peg in the round hole it just isn't. It's not,
0: yeah. No. You're hundred percent right. What, uh, what do you guys do on the front end to try to minimize that? Are there any hiring tactics that you use that you can share?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, sort of the biggest one is just writing an appropriate JD, right? The job Uh description has to fit like, and it doesn't, you see some of these job descriptions that are, you know, two pages long and they're frou-frou and have all these wonderful and obscure things in them. And then (laughs) it doesn't actually represent the reality of what you're looking for, right? And so I think that's the first step is writing, you know, writing appropriate at JT. And, and I think that should be a collaborative process. Also get other people to look at it, especially if you have people in that position, right? Mm-hmm. Like, is this representative of what you're doing? And I think being open, right? Being open to different backgrounds. I think at least when I, you know, was coming up, it was that traditional route. It was kind of, you know, repeated at nauseum, you need to go to school, you need to get a degree. And these are right. the things you have to do in order to move forward. And I don't, you know, especially now that's not the case. Yeah. And so I think it's being open to different experiences and what different people bring to the table and definitely not, you know, having sort of a bias to what's traditional or, sure you know, what you, what you've seen in the past.
0: Yeah. I think that's a, a great, I think an entrepreneur is going to be just a little bit more flexible maybe in the way that they think anyway, Yeah, which they're probably going to agree with that, <clears throat> that they probably didn't go to school. I know I'm not a college uh, <laughs> educated person. So, you know, but at the same time, it still does hold a, a little bit of clout, especially when you're talking sure. about maybe hiring a you know, a, an operator, or even trying to find a co-founder. Like, there's, there's some of those things that that hold that weight. Absolutely. And what I hear you saying is that there's experiences that hold as much, if not maybe more, weight.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Experiences
0: in other businesses, experiences in life, and family. What would you say?
1: Yeah, I would say all, all, of it. Right. You can take, or I guess you, you can gain knowledge out of many experiences. Often, of, oftentimes, those are personal, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm not, I'm. Also, not saying that school, you know, isn't a good path. I think, sure. especially for some occupations, right? You don't really mm-hmm. want a doctor not going, <laughs> not going to school, right?
0: I was a YouTube <laughs> educated. I'll yeah, I'm ready exactly. to do surgery on your knee. Yeah.
1: Helpful. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe one day. <laughs> maybe. So I think that. Sorry, now I'm just thinking about you doing surgery after, like with like a YouTube channel, and I got tutorial. Distracted. Yeah, I got I got distracted by that visual, but yeah. So I think all of those experiences play in, right? And so I, I also look at other things, right? Like how long were you in your positions right i think that can tell a story if yeah. you're only there for you know a few short months and you hop and hop and hop it may not be the most negative story but i want to know right. more about it right and so i think it's being open to hearing what happened with those positions or conversely if you were somewhere for 15 years what kept yeah. you there why are you leaving now and so yeah i think any number of experiences can can prove to be valuable
0: yeah. Yeah. As, as you've said, I'll point it out for the listener here. You just have to get good in the interview process of figuring out what that story is, yeah. what they've learned in the story, how it's applicable and, and then being able to make a good decision on that. I think that you're right. We're never going to make perfect hiring decisions. You're going to unfortunately probably make one this year. Yeah. And so will I probably, I'm going to, I'm going to try to minimize that completely. But I think that the, the, you know, the variable there is that we're people, Yeah. You know? But the variable there is that we're people. And like, that's incredible. You know, like there's some incredible people out there.
1: Yeah, there are. A game changer for your business. Yeah, absolutely true.
0: All right. We're going to switch over here to the speed round. I want to come at you with a operations questions for the operator. Okay. It's a KPI question. I like to say it like this. If you could only track one thing, Allison, Mm -hmm. what would it be? And you can only pick this one forever and ever. What would it be?
1: (sighs) Forever and ever. It would be a hard toss up. I know you're already going to be like, no, only one. I'll let you call it. No, I think it's, it's churner or employee retention. Right. And they're, I think okay. both indicative of very similar, similar things. things. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And so yeah. someone once said, or I heard, right. Either one can be like a leaky bucket, which I think is a really good analogy. Right. So you yep. can throw all the money you want at this, you know, leaky bucket, if you will, you can pay a large signing bonus to sign a client, you can pay, you know, a candidate top dollar, but unless you have what they need to stick around, it doesn't exactly. matter. Yeah. That yeah. bucket's yeah. still going to leak. And so I think, you know, depending on obviously where you're com, you know, what type of company, where you're at, what you do, like one of either of those is, is huge. So yeah.
0: Yeah. It's the experience, whether it be the client experience and, or even the employment experience, the team experience, the culture, mm-hmm. but you're hundred percent right. I remember as you're saying this, I worked for a company, you know, years ago and pretty, for a pretty big name, but the, I'm, I'm like super high logic, you know, task oriented, mm-hmm. big vision, but yet in a greater style, like I kind of have a little bit of both. So it's like, I don't really get in the feels of a whole bunch. Yeah. So I'm not the employee that needs to like, you know, do the thing, the culture thing. Sure. However, it was funny. I was in an environment that like was like negative, like below zero. And it was, it was all about just go, you know, yeah. and, and the churn client wise or employee wise was no concern of anybody. Right. And that's just, and it's, it's almost like it's, I don't want to say like, that's a bad model. It just wasn't the model for me because it's clearly working for certain businesses. They just have to have a certain amount of energy around filling the pipeline on both of those things. And what I learned about it was it's not that I needed like the feels of that. I wanted to be part of something. I just wanted to be seen as a human. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't really need anything special. I didn't really need to sing Kumbaya. Like none of that. <laughs> no, don't need to <laughs> I just needed you there, to like actually hands. see me yeah. in the eyeballs, you yeah, know?
1: Absolutely. I hear you 100%, right? And so it, it's funny because culture I think is, is huge and it's thrown around so much that I think people get annoyed by right. it, right? They're like, oh, culture, great. You're building that. But culture is huge in a company and it really right. dictates a lot, I think of, yeah, how, how things transpire, whether that's from, you know, client churn or employee retention.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Both. It's funny how you said that both are, are equally attached to the same either person or belief system, maybe core values even. And again, not that, not that the other is wrong. I think we just share a belief together here of that. If, there's not as much work actually that has to be done. There's a, there's work. Don't get me wrong. It's a different yeah. type of work. It's a little bit more of, of an intentional work where the other is just a little bit more transactional, a little yeah. bit higher volume, a little bit more transactional where I think people like you and me just go, Hey, look, if we, um, if we just plug the hole. <laughs> yeah. You fill the boat. Yeah, there's going to be another hole that pops up, I'm sure. Or maybe this hole becomes leaky again, and we got to reseal it. But like it's not the same gaping hole right.
1: exactly. <laughs> over and over exactly. and over exactly. again. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You've nailed okay. it.
0: Good. All right. What resource or maybe book would you recommend for business owners trying to grow in 23?
1: Yeah. So one of my favorites, and I think obviously this last question sort of led into that, is The Culture Code by Daniel okay. Coyle. And so I think it really does sort of break down how you can develop a positive culture that does promote teamwork, cooperation, and most importantly to me, like consistency, right? Because, like, cool if you do things a couple of times, but like without consistency, again, it doesn't matter, right? And so right. it essentially explores the concepts of like, they talk about these three, you know, sort of elements and it's safety sharing vulnerability and then establishing sort of purpose and how these three things essentially lead to that cooperation and shared goals. And so, you know, again, I said it earlier, I think culture gets thrown a lot thrown around a lot and, you know, sort of this authenticity conversation comes about, but I think the two are, you know, very closely related and, being able to, you know, be vulnerable and approach people like, I don't know everything, I really don't, but I can learn. And let's be vulnerable together. This is a safe place for us to move forward. The egos are left at the door. I mean, at least when it comes to, you know, like this particular project, what have you, it's not about, you know, who's getting promoted here, like, let's get this done and move forward, and how we all benefit from that. And so I just think it's It's huge. I just had actually with a, I met up with a previous coworker last week and we were talking about the culture of the company we had worked for. And we're like, it would be hard to replicate that. Like they did, the company did such a good job and led by the CEO and and founder, right? like He made it his mission for the culture to be great. And it was.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that what you just left us with is probably the most encouraging thing because most people listening here today, they are still that whether CEO or, you know, solo. EO (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um,
0: And and it starts with you either way. Well, you got 200 people or two people.
1: The current company I work for Mix Halo is great at, we find, you know, where the pockets of folks are at and how we can provide intentional ways for us to connect outside of, work. Right. And I think that's important. You know, not everybody needs to know everything about everybody, but the more you can personalize, um, folks to one another, it, I think it just helps build that trust as we've talked about before and that bond and you're, you know, you're in it to win it if you will.
0: Yeah. I have to take this opportunity. It's such a unique opportunity because what you're talking about is putting people that are like-minded together Making them realize that they're relatable, (laughs) you know, which is, which is when like real things happen inside of a relationship. You, some people might hear you say vulnerability and think, well, you know, that's the kumbaya. Well, wait a second. We're just talking about being real. We're just talking about being genuine. And that doesn't always have to be about like, I'm going through a marriage struggle. Like, it's just
1: yeah, exactly.
0: like, Hey, uh, I had a thought pop into my brain while we're having some dinner about this old friend that I had. And I had a fun joke that I wanted to tell you because yeah. I feel comfortable being able to say that because that's, that's, what's real it popped in my brain. I would tell my friend, but I'm not telling you because you're my coworker. Cause there's like this weird thing. It, this happens in life, right. Yeah, in all these yeah. different circles and spheres, and which is, you know, just a half second here for the listener. This is literally why gathering the Kings exist for entrepreneurs because we don't necessarily have that relatable play, right? Like, right. okay, I have my team, yes, and I can be vulnerable and share, but not everything. Right. And I have my wife and I have my family, but like, there's just this place that yeah. only I go to. Yeah. In my mind, in my physical space. And it's just like, uh, I kind of feel like I'm out here by myself. Yeah. And so that's exactly why, whether it's entrepreneurs or a podcast like this or a mastermind, it's just like, we've got to be able to fill ourselves with that space. Yeah. And half of it, when, when an entrepreneur, especially some of the guys and, and gals that are in gathering the Kings, it's like, they realize half the struggles that they've got. The other folks in yes. the room across the room have the same stuff. Yeah. And they're like, Oh my goodness. I thought I was crazy. I thought yeah. I was yeah. like, I thought I was the problem. Well, first off you probably are the problem, <laughs> but let's talk about how we fix it. You know? Yeah, um, absolutely you become relatable or someone else like you, you're like, Oh, wow. And that release. Yeah. What you're talking about in culture, it's the same thing that gathering the Kings does for entrepreneurs. It's like this whole nother space that we can go to in authenticity in vulnerability. Sure. But like in relationship to be able to operate and function at a whole nother level in our brain that you just totally shut off. If you don't go there with people, would you agree with that? Would you add anything?
1: No, absolutely. The only thing I would at I mean, you, I think you nailed it. Right. It's like, it's that release. It's that weight off of you. And I think it's also energizing, right? 100%. Like when you, when you get around someone who gets what you're going through, it. right. right. It's like, it's a game changer. You're it's so it's a motivator. And again, just an energizer to keep going and know what you're doing is the right path.
0: Yeah. You, you just reminded me of something that in the last, probably, I don't know, six, seven, eight days, I've become obsessed. This is what we do, right? As, as high performing people, we become obsessed with things. And it's this concept that, that, that courage is caught, not taught. And, and so getting in a space, like what we're talking about specifically, this is what we do with gathering the Kings. And so for as an entrepreneur, you get into a space where you hear another person going through a struggle or winning at a high level. And you're like, whoa. Not only is he like me, but like you said, then there's like this transfer of energy, which is yeah. courage Yeah, to so freaking go do it in your space, right? Because yeah. then when you come back next week or next month, you're like, not 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 necessarily toot my horn, but like beat my chest that too a little bit. Yeah, yeah like we to yeah. hear yours. But it's like this whole nother sense of like, I got to show up in a completely different way. And of course that transfers out to yeah. your business, your life, your family, all of that. Would you, what would you say to that?
1: Yeah, no, I like that. Thinking about, you know, catching some courage. I think that's exactly why we do the things, you know, you just said it, why we do what we do. And it's finding, yeah. finding your crew to give you that courage or help right. you enable you to catch that courage, if you will, Yeah. to keep moving yeah. forward. Cause yeah, without that, it's kind of like, you know, can be doom and gloom some days. And you're like, why am I, you know, why am I doing this? And so, yeah, hugely important.
0: We didn't come this far only to come this far.
1: Yeah, exactly. Need,
0: need a little courage to keep going. Appreciate you clarifying that. That's such, such a good little drop there. Yeah. Hope that the listener's paying attention. I want to know, um, we, we've kind of been talking about this idea of masterminding, but yeah. my next question is pretty explicit. What do you think about it? we've just gotten to talk about maybe the values of it, but talk about maybe how, as an integrator, how, how does that work for you? Are you, yeah. are there peer groups that you're part of? You guys do this inside of the, in the team, even like talk about that angle. A little
1: yeah, bit absolutely. There's all sorts of opportunities, right. And I'm very much of the quality over quantity. I, yeah. <laughs> you know, c- coming up in my career, I think a lot of it was going to conferences and while wow, that can be Great, right? And especially, I think starting out, you can you can learn a lot, and it's good to network. But oftentimes, yep. it would be the same content over and over again, and it would be great to see the same people. But what I wasn't wasn't developing me, if you will. And right. so, I think finding those groups that are more, you know, masterminding, if you will, or your own peer group. So for example, I'm on the advisory council for CSUMB, California State University East Bay, and it's mainly CX leaders, but we get together regularly and there we'll pose some questions. Right. And so, for example, one of the previous ones was was around like journey mapping and whether that's an adequate tool and what do people think about it? And so it's, good to hear sort of a how people apply different concepts to different types of businesses large small all industries Uh, also just hear those you know varying opinions (laughs) as well of you know does has this worked for you or not and oftentimes you find that you can learn a lot by other people's sort of mistakes or not even mistakes but experiences right and so I think it's huge to be able to have those groups, Gathering the Kings, I think is a similar one, right? Where you can discuss those things and, and learn from people and bounce things off of, of one another. I think the other big thing is keeping in contact with those you've crossed paths with, because you don't know when that opportunity will happen again. You know, the world is full of crazy opportunities and just You know, I like to keep those doors open, if you will, just because you never know and you you never know what opportunities may arise. And so I think
0: opportunities and collaboration.
1: Yeah, it's important to, you know, maintain. It's not like you have to be best friends and checking in with folks all the time. Right. But, you know, maintain those relationships because I think in the long run, they are really important.
0: That's right. Yeah, that last little piece there, I'll hit it home for the, for the listener from my maybe language. It's the intentionality of yeah. relationships. We've, we've had this kind of ongoing conversation now for probably 10, 15 minutes now, but the intentionality inside of a relationship, whether it's someone that you are employing, someone that you're in partnership with, or just another peer that, that you're intentionally going after something together every day or every year, it just depends upon the cadence, there's intentionality that goes into like, like I value you. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to send a text message or I'm going to send a birthday gift or a Christmas card, or maybe it's more than that. Maybe it's like we, we fly to see each other a couple of times a year, like yeah. whatever those, those points are it's intentional efforts and actions that happen that keep it alive, if you will, but also flourish it. And so yeah. just hit that home. You, you said it perfectly. And I think that, uh, I think that the heart behind it is, is actually the the right posture, which is what you're sharing. So Thanks. I've got one last question here for you. Okay. Awesome. I want to know if you whispered in the younger Allison's ear, what would you say?
1: That's a good question. I think I would say better advocate for yourself and you don't need to be the loudest voice in the room, which I think I have learned right in my younger years, not saying I'm not, not a spitfire now, if you will. (laughs) But definitely, I think there was oftentimes and often situations where I just could have learned more if I wasn't so eager to, you know, I think sort of talk. Verbal language. Yeah, exactly. It's like, dude.
0: Notice how I didn't say any value, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, just, you know, zip it up. Uh Also, at the same time, you know, I think. I was of the mindset for a really long time. If I just put my head down and do my work, I'll get recognized and get what, you know, I quote unquote deserve. And unfortunately that is not the way things work usually. And so I think it's, and I tell this to anyone, you know, I, I work with now really, or, or lead. It's like, have your own accomplishments list, right? And so tell, be able to tell the story, of you like for me that's the easiest way for you know sort of you to get recognized is have those data points available and it doesn't need to be the biggest wins but it's like what have you done and how have you you know either moved yourself forward or helped move the company forward and so I think yeah telling young Allison to you know chill out and keep you know keep record and advocate would probably be my message to her.
0: Great message. You know, in one sense, you were you were saying, you know, zip it, be quiet. And the other, you were saying, speak up. And I think that both are super applicable, even mm-hmm. to a business owner listening, because there's a lot of times where we have an ego, and that's the the the, yeah. the, the chappy chatty Allison that that wasn't listening, yeah, I wasn't growing, wasn't learning. Whether it's ego or spitfire, whatever you want to call it. And then the other part of it for entrepreneurs is the advocating part, which is yeah, that's your business and yeah, I find a lot of guys. They're like me. Like, I mean, promoting myself. You know. Yeah. I've got a guy that comes over here once a month now, and he brings all over the lights and <laughs> I get the mic, and I do. Yeah, yeah. And I create content, right? Yes. And it's like, I'm like the 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 content that comes out is real. The whole thing. I'm like, do we have to do it like this? You know. <laughs> yeah. And some of it is. You know, the sharper it is, the shinier it is, the more people pay attention. So that the actual goodness of what's yes. being delivered in a show like this or whatever can actually reach more people. But there has to be a little bit of a like a toot your horn perspective. There's no, yeah. you know, like you said, just put your head down and do the work. Yeah, you gotta put your head down, and do the work. Like we're not saying don't. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But you're a small business and it's okay that you are excited and proud of what you're doing. I think exactly. that's probably the message. Absolutely do the same thing here, obviously, like even in, even in this, just one show, when I started out with this podcast, it was, I already had the mastermind group and yeah. the podcast was to just be able to help other entrepreneurs who maybe didn't qualify for the mastermind group. Sure. And the more I got to thinking about it, I'm like, why am I not talking about how awesome this mastermind group is? Like I did, you know, I didn't spend the whole show talking about it, but right. I dropped it in a couple of times because yeah. I'm really, really excited and proud of what we're doing. Yeah. So I just think that what you gave is so applicable. How can the listener connect with you? Find you first off. Give give a little promo for for the company and how we can maybe do business with you guys. But yeah. then more so for you, if they if they want to pick your brain around some of these integrator. they might have, how can they find you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So mixhalo.com. Should you want to work with us? There's ways to connect, you know, live events, come find us. And then myself, best place is LinkedIn. I'm not much for the other socials too much. I'll dabble here and there, but LinkedIn, come find me, message me. I'm happy to, yeah, to connect there
0: awesome. We'll put all that in the show notes for the listeners as well. Allison, you've been incredible. Thank you for just giving the time and just such an incredible story and team that you're working with over there for them to be able to give you the rope to even share and and tell a little bit about the inside. Yeah. It's very, very cool. So thank you for being here. We appreciate it.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries and now interviewing literally over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight and nine figure business owners is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings literally exists to Bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together 1,000 kings, specifically, who are grateful, but not done. We're intentionally assembling kings who fight tooth and nail for their business, family, and communities. And here's what we believe, that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas, that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy. So if that relates and, and resonates with you, and you know that you need people around you, sharp, qualified, other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 Kings. Talk soon.